On this edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad, presented by Kia, we catch up with former Magic player Mike Miller. Mike Miller spent 17 seasons in the NBA, two and a half right here in City Beautiful. He won two championships with the Miami Heat, and he coached with Penny Hardaway on that Memphis Tiger staff in college. And right now, he is the state champion. His Houston high school team in Tennessee won the state championship, and he got to coach his two sons. And we break that down. He also has a relationship with Magic rookie R.J. Hampton. In fact, he worked out R.J. several times during this summer as he prepared for the NBA draft. So we will have that story. And then he gets into some of his crazy capers when he was here in Orlando, including, yes, owning a spider monkey. And he has some terrific memories of that. Playing alongside Tracy McGrady, what could have been if Grant Hill had been healthy? So much to get to on this edition of Magic Pod Squad with Mike Miller. Hey everyone, welcome to Magic Pod Squad. This podcast is brought to you by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic, and Mike Miller joining us now. And 17 years in the NBA, his first two and a half right here in City Beautiful. But Mike, I got to ask you, as you look at my background and then you look at George's, like would you notice that there's a a, a noticeable a noticeable difference in, in pictures and frames. The, wait a second now. That's not, no, I'm on the road. I'm in Atlanta. The team's in Atlanta. I'm on the road. I have the luxury okay. of like bringing my decor with me and, and stuff. Come on, bring Just trying to find not a thermostat or something in the background. But he did a nice job. He did a nice job framing it, didn't he? Great I did. It looks yes, like he, nice yes, yes, he right, did. Mike, it's a come pain. on. Beautiful space over there. Beautiful space. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, we got a lot to get to. We understand you got a relationship with RJ Hampton. We'd love to yeah. love to touch on that. Your your time in City Beautiful, but I think you got to let everybody know. I mean, most of us know you're coaching now. You just mm-hmm. came off a state championship, right, yeah. at Houston High School. You just coached your son, who's going yeah. to Creighton. I mean, and you yeah. got another son who's going to be a junior. How, how yeah. much fun was this year for you, and how much do you enjoy coaching? And that oh, just means we're old as hell, by the way, because I, because I remember when he was born. Yes, it does. Born, that's how crazy this is. Yeah, it goes fast. Uh, but this year was awesome. Um, obviously, coaching high school is different. Um, you know, seemed like it was going to be easy when I started, but nothing ever is the way it seemed. Uh, you know, just, you know, coaching your kids is way more difficult than people think. Uh, but I had a lot of great kids, uh, a lot of fun this year, and we were able to win a state championship for them, which is most importantly, they get to walk away you know, on top, which is fun. Mike, have you coached them all? The, like, I mean, some some people, some parents like to get out as they're getting older. I mean, obviously, it's different for you. You're an NBA player. You have the, just this vast knowledge that the most, you know, normal dads like me and Dante don't have. Like, so we want to get out when they get older to try to just kind of sit back and, and let somebody else take care of them. Was that a different, different thought process for you? Uh, well, you know, there's ways different ways, obviously to do everything. I, I basically stayed out uh, while they were growing up. I never wanted to push them to do anything. You know, I wanted to participate, be around, uh, you know, be around sports. Um, obviously being, you know, you know, that I played 17 years and played on some really high profile teams. They were going to fall in love with the game no matter what. You know, it's just, it's just the nature of the beast. So I stayed away from it at that point. Um, and then when they asked me to do the high school coaching thing, that was, that was, my kids were the first ones I asked. You know, you, you sure you guys want me to do this? Because, uh, you know, it's difficult. It's hard. So, uh, you know, I want them to have different voices, uh, basketball voices. I don't want it just to be me. I want them to learn from other people. 
Um, but, you know, my, my philosophy and my thing was let them learn and hear voices all the way through. And then, you know, I was able to coach them their last year, well, Mason's last year and, and Maverick's sophomore year. So it was a lot of fun. You know, Mike, I, my daughters are six and seven and I'm, the, I'm coaching them. And my instruction is for everyone to get them the basketball. That's as the dad. <laughs> but I would. <laughs> but That's I, right. That's right. <laughs> Olivia's open. She's open all the time. Open. You guys are missing her. I don't know how you're missing yeah. her. Yeah. But you can't do that, can you, for you in your position? How, how You mentioned how challenging it is. How, how tough is it coaching Mason and Maverick? It was difficult because I was probably harder on them than I was on, on anybody else. And, and you know, you have you have coaching eyes and you have dad eyes. So you're watching them more than anybody else in practice. Um, and, you know, the hardest thing for anybody to do is revert back to when I was 16, 17, 18 years old or when you were. Because, you know, I was fortunate enough to play with some of the best players in the world. So you've seen things be done way easier. <laughs> so you're like, why can't you guys understand this? Um, and so – you know, coaching that that's one of the biggest things I had to do when I went back to college coaching was you, you, you assume that they know stuff, but they don't. And so when I got into high school coaching, it was for the seniors on this team, because when I was there at, at Memphis coaching, the ones that had been coached well and been said and been told no and not just let them do whatever they wanted were further along than anybody else. And so when I took that job, it was for those seniors to really get them ready for college experience, win, lose or draw. And so, you know, coaching your kids. You always want to say, hey, man, give him the ball. Believe me, I know what you're feeling, <laughs> but, you, but you can't do it. It's, and, that, and that's what makes it difficult. I would think so. Uh, how yeah. much did you help Mason? Uh, I'm sure you were there every step of the way with his, with his you know, co- college uh, mm-hmm. and, and what to look for and what to not look for. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how was that for you, going through it for, as a dad as opposed to the athlete? Yeah, well, so, and so I've been through it as an athlete, and then I also did it as a college coach recruiting. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard for them to play the game with me. Um, but, but very similar to what I did with the bat, I let them kind of go through the situation, and you know, they lean on me for a lot of basketball. Um, so when I when we had the conversation, it's not about it's not about brand, it's not about uh, anything like that. It's about what fits your game, and I think that's the one thing I want to tell these kids when they're coming through high school is. There's a lot of great programs out there with a lot of great coaches, but who are you? What are you good at? And does it fit your system? Because a lot of those guys talk about how they're going to change and do this and do that. But we, everyone knows as human beings, especially the older you get, like when things go wrong, you revert back to what you know. So you can want to change all you want. So when I was doing it with Mason, it's like, okay, be honest with yourself. Who are you? What are you great at? And does that system and that coaching style fit you? If it does, it's a great spot. And then you build that relationship with them. And so Creighton and, and, Co- and Coach McDermott and Coach Huss over there were awesome for him. So it just was an easy fit. What are you so when you're when you were at Memphis, when you're in high school now in, in, in Tennessee, what are some of your go-to stories? I know, you know, I, there's high school guys that I played with that my daughters have no idea who they are, but you can say, this is what LeBron James liked. This is what Paul <laughs> Gasol, like you get you have all this is what Tracy McGrady like. What yeah. are some of your go-to teachable stories that you use with some of these kids? You know, it's not even so much the stories. It's more along the lines of, uh, you know, the validation. And so, you know, as long as as you're true to who you are and and speak facts, um, you know, they have to, you know, I'm still young enough to where they know me a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting close, so <laughs> you're, te- start, you're teetering. Yeah, I'm teetering. I'm teetering, teetering. But you know, uh, obviously, as long as LeBron's going to be around, they know me as playing with LeBron, and they and, and at that point, it gives confirmation to some of the stuff I'm saying. So I don't have to go too much on the storytelling. It's more along the lines of, hey, listen, 
if it was good enough for LeBron to do something like this, it's dang sure good enough for you to do it. And, and I, you know, those, and, and it goes all the way down the line. I play with unbelievable players, you know, Nikola Jokic and, and obviously T-Mac and Grant Hill and, uh, you know, Pau Gasol, Marcus Gasol. I play with a lot of, a lot of dudes in this league. And so, you know, being able to say that and, and those guys know it still uh, definitely helped with, with my coaching. Mike, do you ever look back? I mean, you just rattled off all the guys that I had on, on right. my list of, I mean, just a fraction of the guys you play. Mm-hmm. Do you ever look back and because I was, you know, and I'll get to this later, actually, because it's a good story. I mean, I was with you on draft night the year mm-hmm. you drafted into the NBA. Do you, and to know where you came from in South Dakota yeah. at the Corn Palace. <laughs> really right. like and to fast forward to 2021 and just look back at your career and just go yeah. holy crap like how yeah. just yeah. It, it, when you think about it like that it's it's mind-blowing yeah I mean obviously uh when you're a kid and I know that's what's fun being around my kids now is you you dream about certain things and you you see yourself in those things but it doesn't matter what you think of when you when you get to the point where you're at and you look back at it it's almost like how did that happen <laughs> you know, I played with, right. I, you know, I can go down the line. I probably played with 20, 20 Hall of Famers. Yeah, you know, I mean, we didn't down. even mention Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh or right. even in Orlando days with Patrick Ewing and those, Grand you know, Hill. So yeah. Grand Hill and teammates. So you play, I play with probably 15 to 20 Hall of Famers. And, and to be able to do that and to be around those guys and to see what they did. And again, those are all that stuff you talk about drafting. I mean, that stuff it's, it's, it's a dream come true. It really is. It's, it's hard to even put any words to it. It really is. And they always ask you to do it, but you can't, I mean, it's just, it's a blessing. And I was fortunate enough to be around a lot of great people. And that's why I tell these guys, man, surround yourself with the right people. A lot, some of the stuff you can't control. I was lucky enough to be drafted in Orlando. I, I told a story yesterday on the, on the happy hour. I, 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 it was, it was a blessing to be there because they didn't have, I didn't have to do too much. And I was able to succeed because I didn't have to do too much. And I was around veteran dudes that pushed me every day and a coaching staff that was great. How thankful are you for your time in Florida too, Mike? You, you played two years there. You mm-hmm. went all the way to a national championship game before you came to us. How much did that kind of help prepare you? And then, you know, how, how ready were you for that for that rookie year when you got yeah, here? Yeah, I mean, everyone that you've seen be successful in any profession they've ever been in, it, it's, it's never on your own. And so – uh, my high school coach was, uh, you know, rest in peace, was like a Bobby Knight. So he whooped me, you know what I mean? Like he really got off me and, 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 and created a structure and a discipline that made it easier when I got to Florida. And then when Coach Donovan was there, he's, he's obviously one of the best that's ever done it too. And so I got two years of that. And then you get, you know, so he got me prepared. And, and just being there and understanding the game through him and through his eyes and seeing different people and being around, you know, that system and that culture. And then going in there and being with an organization like Orlando and, and the way Doc Rivers was with his players. So all those guys are a part of where I was. And for me to make it 17 years, it, I tell these kids, all, it wasn't talent. You know, and it was it was the fact that I I understood who I was. I stayed in my lane. I worked on my craft because of, that's what I was taught to do. I, I showed up every day and did my job. I was never late. Like once you start getting the year 10, 11 and 12, unless you're LeBron or one of those guys, your talent, your, your attitude and your personality and the way you handle yourself better be really, really good because your talent's not as, is not there. I don't care who you are. So, you know, to make it 17 years, is, it's a, it's a confirmation of all the people that have been around my life that helped me and showed me how to be professional. Really. George, it's amazing. There's so much wisdom there. Is this the same guy that got a spider monkey? 
when he was here. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 it is not. You mean, it is you mean tell me that wasn't smart? That wasn't wisdom in the monkey at 19 years old? That wasn't smart? So, so smart at the time. It was so smart. <laughs> Oh. You got it. You got to tell everybody that. I mean, that is an uh, that's an all timer, really. In magic <laughs> history. That is a great. That is a great story, Mike. Hey, at that point, at that point, the Orlando Magic said, "Did we really just waste a fifth pick on this dude?" <laughs> I remember. Hey, I remember I'll, I'll, when we were at practice one day, and 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 you had come into practice, and you were telling everybody, and I thought you were kind of joking at first, and then all of a sudden. Next thing you know, here's Sonny. Here's Sonny walk with the diaper. With the diaper. I'm like, Man, hey, he's, he's got uh, a monkey. Hey, they, the they, they started. They started entertaining trade calls the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, why so did good. Why did it get Why did it get away? Why did you Why did you have to let go of the monkey? Well, we, so, what? Because he yeah. grew up. <laughs> he really no, no. I tell, you, I I'll tell you right now, we we've actually entertained another one. But oh, what happened, no. what, what oh, happened was, um, really what happened was, is they got really uh, possessive of, of me and my wife, Jennifer, at the time. And we were just getting ready to have uh, Mason. Um, it was right around that time. And, you know, I did a bunch of, you know, background and due diligence on it. Even at 20, I was looking at it. And uh, it just, it, was, it wasn't what, a, what I wanted my son to come because you just didn't know. And so, you know, the unknown was, uh, <laughs> was too much. And we ended up giving it to a sanctuary. And so he uh, he lived out the rest of his days in a sanctuary somewhere. You didn't, you didn't want Ace to get rabies or anything? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I can tell you great stories about that monkey. Oh my! Oh, give us man. one. You got to give us because people that haven't heard it, we got to hear one for, for okay. fans that don't. Uh, that, I mean, we got we got to hear your best one. The one I go to all the time is, and this is this is again like people in my neighborhood probably are like, "Can you trade this guy already?" Um, I, uh, me and my wife were going out to dinner and we put Sonny up in his room. He had his own room. It was, the monkey was spoiled. So, but we put our two, we had two great Danes at the same time. So we put the great Danes outside and about an hour and a half into, into dinner, we got a call from our, our neighborhood people in the neighborhood talking about our, uh, Sonny was riding our dogs around the neighborhood. So Sonny <laughs> actually got his own door open, let the dogs in and we came out. Sure enough, he was riding the dogs across the neighborhood. It was unbelievable. I was like, oh, these dudes are going to kill us. But, <laughs> but it worked oh, out. He was, I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, I'm not even, I'm not even lying. My, my friends get mad at me every day. When, I was nine, when they were 19 or 20, my monkey was smarter than my friends. It wasn't even close. <laughs> it wasn't even close. I think, a lot of us, I think a lot of us can say that about our friends. No question about it. <laughs> well, well, and it did, it did end up biting you because they did trade you a couple years later because That's of right. that. The HOA in the front office got together. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, we, I don't think we've talked about this enough, and, and I certainly haven't gotten your perspective on it, but you lived yeah. with Grant Hill. He did, oh. everything he, he did everything he could to get on that floor. You, yeah. T-Mac, Grant Hill, oh. Daryl Armstrong, if you're fully healthy, what happens? Uh, I think I think that the story of, of, of us in Orlando are a lot different. And, you know, me and T-Mac have had this conversation multiple times, even with Grant, is literally it was a small ball basketball before small ball basketball was even thinking right. about being cool. You know, I mean, we right. could have you – because know, at, that, at that point, you could have put Daryl at the one. You could have played me, T-Mac, and Grant all the way up to the four. And then you just start adding that, that, that five-man that can, you know, put, put pressure on the rim and do things like that. But that would have been a special team. Now, I wasn't – at that point, I wasn't ready to be that guy, but to be around sure. those guys – in, in, you know, year two, three, and four, if it was Grant, T-Mac, 
uh, and we were running that lineup out there. Uh, I mean, you hate to always sit here and say, you know, I went up to school uphill both ways and tell those stories, but it would have been, it had been a lot of fun, man. And, and I think the story would have been different. I think we'd have been there for a long, long time, but you know, like anything else, health is tough. And Grant fought that and fought that. It was almost sickening watching that for him because I know how bad he wanted to be out there. Yeah, that, that I there's lots of things I look back on in, during my tenure with the Magic, and that is definitely one thing where, mm-hmm. man, like Mike was young and could shoot the lights out of the ball, yep. and Grant was Grant, you know, at his at his at peak. Yep. T Mac was just come. I mean, that that team would have been. Really, really difficult. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, you're, really you're looking, you're looking at six, you're looking at six eight, six eight, six eight across the board. Yeah, uh, and 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 T Mac really put the league on notice that first year. It was a, it was wild how that wave happened. And, and then you know you have Grant and their games, their games were so perfect for each other too because Grant really wanted to be that guy that lived in the paint, sprayed to us, and made everybody yeah. better. Uh, and T Mac was an underrated passer and his size and athleticism. I mean, there was. You know, it's it's it stinks to even think about it. I'm glad y'all brought yeah. this up. Now I'm gonna go run off a bridge. But <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, it was it would have been a lot of fun. It's unfortunate it didn't work out. But that's Mike, that's you what played, the league's you about. But you, with, but you you, you got you your two with, rings though. You got your two rings, and you you played a big part in that. So I think that hopefully that helps. Hopefully that. Yeah, helps. it does. It does. It makes you sleep at night a little better. Yes, I think Mike <laughs> sleep. Mike's sleeping just fine. Mike Mike's just fine, yes, despite yes. what happened in the first. Time. But like. Mike, take Tracy. You played with Tracy at his at his best. Yeah. Played with LeBron at his mm. best. Mm. What's the comparison there between between Tracy and LeBron? I mean, is, is it uh, the only the only? I mean, obviously, the, the biggest difference you know you start looking at is just the rings, right, and longevity. I mean, T Mac right. to me stays healthy. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer, didn't stay healthy. So, but one of the easiest cover ever and practice every day like I got baptized by him every single day and and you know just the way he played most underrated passer I've been around so they both have the same kind of unique qualities T-Mac was you know and it's hard to say this because LeBron is LeBron and uh you know he's gonna end up being probably all league's all-time leading scorer T-Mac was such a natural scorer though you know what I mean like his, the game was yeah. easy like there's times you're like hey man I'm gonna have 50 tonight and you believed him and he did it and then so you know, I think it's just he was right there. It's just obviously, you know, Bron winning championships and Bron, you know, longevity. What he's doing, what LeBron James is doing right now, guys, is absolutely oh. silly. And yeah. so, you know, that's just who he is. That's why he's right there in the MJ conversations. But talent wise and just, you know, sheer talent, I mean, you're hard to you're hard to say anyone at order team at. Right. That's a great point. You know, as you're as you're hitting your seventh three. In game five against OKC, right? You're about to realize that you're going to be an NBA champion, yeah. right? I mean, you went through that whole ride with LeBron down there in Miami. Um, we were not happy as Magic fans to see the Heat win, but we were, <laughs> but we were happy for you. We were happy for yeah. Richard. You know, there were yeah. things like that who, who yeah. would get one as well later. Um, but what, what 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 goes through your mind as you're about to be an NBA champion, Mike? I mean, uh, just I think all the stuff that you've done, you know, I mean, uh, you know, one of the biggest reasons during free agency I went to Miami um, was just I wanted to see how I'd react in those moments. You know, I, I'd, I'd been able to have at that point I already had a pretty long career and a pretty successful career in my eyes as far as personal stuff. Um, but I'd never been put in those situations that you thought of as a kid. And, and I you know, I had opportunities to go other places that summer 
Um, but the conversation I had with my dad was, hey, listen, I can go make more money over here, but I'll never know. I don't think we'll have a chance to win over there. I'll never know if I was really built for this. And, and so it, that was the most gratifying thing, I think, for me, was that on that stage at that time, I, I was able to do what I did because that's really what you want to know at any profession is when it gets down to like when, it, when, it, when it's when they call on you or when you need it, it doesn't matter your job or whatever you're doing, can you deliver? And, and so I was able to do that at a very high level at a, at a very meaningful time, which, you know, to me is probably the most gratifying thing I've ever done in my career. And was it just getting well, to the, the, the next time when you just lost your shoe and, and now you're just shooting <laughs> sneaker on? It's just so easy now at this point there. for me. Yeah, let me try it with one shoe and let me see. Like, gee, gee, I've been lucky my whole life, man. I was just, I closed my eyes and just prayed. That's all that was. No, we knew Mike, that was going in for sure. We knew that one was going in. You know, you know, Mike, I got to ask you this. There's, there's a lot of guys in today's NBA that think they can shoot, right? We hear mm-hmm. 3 and D, we hear 3 and D guys. Mm. 17, 17 year career, George, he, at the end of it, he shot 41% from three. That, that, that's a shooter. That's a, for an entire, some it's guys, pretty might, good some, what I can, some guys yeah. might have that in a year and that's a great yeah. year. Yeah. Do, do you think are, there's not a lot of shooters? I, I, I just mm. want to get your thought on today. You see a lot of these threes go up. I, my opinion, a lot of guys probably shouldn't be taking them. So yeah. it's, it's twofold. Do you think that too? And, and what would you have done in today's game, the way you shoot the three? Let me, let me tell you. I would, He'd have shot I would give, 48%. <laughs> I'd, give, I'd give anything to play in this style of basketball right now. I think, yeah. you know, they're, obviously the game has changed. It always is going to. Um, but analytically, they look at it so much now. Is, and Hubie Brown, who, again, I talk about all the great players I've played with. I've played, with, I've played for some of yeah. the best coaches in the, in the world. So Hubie Brown was before his time, and he would always spake on it. It's basically, you shoot 33 from three, it's like shooting 50 from the field. So they, the only difference is, is now this, this day and age, the last, you know, five to 10 years is they've actually taken that and ran with it. And they actually, that's what they believe yeah, in. Right. I'll never forget me and Ray Allen sitting in the, in the, in the locker room talking about it. And we're doing a scouting report and I won't mention the guy's name cause I ain't going to do that, but you're getting ready. You're getting ready to watch him. And they're like, Hey, make sure we run him off the line. He's a red dude. He's a hot guy, whatever you want to call him. And me and Ray looked at each other and said, he's, he's shooting eight and a half a game, eight and a half threes a game. He's shooting 33 from three. If we did that when we first came in, you wouldn't even think about shooting the ball. You know what I mean? Right. Like the That's first, right. my first seven, eight years in the league, and I'm and I'm not even and I'm glad the game's going like this because it's, it's it's actually enjoying and fun to watch. Yes. How they, they some people need to tone it down a bit, but <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where like when we first came in, if you weren't a thirty-eight to forty percent three-point shooter, you weren't shooting more than two a game. Right. And so what it was about so, is that what it was about thirty-eight forty. You had to. Be I, I mean, you weren't considered a yeah. shooter. Believe me, they would they were right. like you know, self-check kind of deal. You know I mean? Like yeah. you should go ahead and shoot. And that's just, but the game has changed, right? Back then it was the first to 90 wins. Now in the playoffs, it's the first to buck 15. If you can't score 115 points, you can't win a playoff game. So, right. you know, it's just, it's a different game. It's, it's fun to watch, but yeah, I mean, I would love to play in this, this game now because I'd, I'd be a four man. <laughs> I'd, be right. picking exactly. and, I'd be pick I'd be picking and popping and, and, and it'd be fun. Think about 38% now get you $250 million. <laughs> no question. 38%. There'd be no, conversa- and, and, and be no conversations is- with your dad at that point, by yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Believe me, I've already, I've already, I've already cussed him out. But, but uh, you know, and it's not, it's not that because I'm glad the game has gone to where it is. Right. I don't want to sound like one of those guys that retired and been like, hey, well, my, I would have done this, this, and this. Because the game, sure, sure. the talent is getting crazy. Like, these guys are getting better and better and better and better, and their skills are getting better and better. But, 
you know, it's, it's literally one of those things like you average 15, 16 a game, 10, 10, 15 years ago, it'd be like averaging 26 right now because there's just more points, more possessions, more, but these kids can handle it too. So you give them credit, like for a guy to go out there and do like what Steph's doing right now is absolutely absurd. I mean, he's, I think he had what is fourth and five games that he's had 10 plus threes already or five times this year. I mean, that's crazy. What are we talking about? But it's not the even fact that, that, the fact that he can get 17 of them up still is amazing. Like, right. <laughs> right. Dude's a man. Well, cer- he's awesome. It certainly is. Mike, I, well, I want to circle it back to, to this current Magic team. There's a guy on this roster that you're, yeah. you're close with or you've gotten to know, and R.J. Yeah. Hampton. How, how did that relationship come about? And, and you, I appreciate the insight you gave me. I was able to tell it on the telecast. We yeah. a lot of excitement here in Orlando. But your, your idea of R.J., kind of kid he is, and, and how special can he be here? Well, obviously, I was fortunate enough to meet him when he was uh, a sophomore in high school. So when I was coaching here at Memphis, you know, you, you go out and you recruit these kids. You get to know him and his family very, very well. Um, you know, that's just part of the business. And, and it was a lot of fun for me. And, and when he came back from Australia, uh, New Zealand, uh, last summer, um, you know, he called. They reached out and wanted to get in the gym. And one, that's out of respect for him. That's, that's, why, I, that's why I fell in love with him as a kid because yeah. – you know, a lot of kids, it's hard to search out and to find somebody and be like, and, and, and not only that, but identify what you really want to work on. The hardest thing in anything for these young kids is being honest with yourself. Okay. Well, you know, cause everyone thinks we just talked about it. everyone thinks they're a shooter or everyone thinks they're this, or right, right. And, and that's what gets them to that level. That's, that's the mindset you have to have, but to reach out want to get in the gym and to drive six hours and stay for a week and then drive six hours back and continually do that. That's when you know the grind is real. Like that's when you're committed to something. And so I knew at that point that this was a kid I wanted to be around and help because he's he's willing to put in the work and he's going to be a special, special talent. And I'm telling you, it's going to be one of those things where you redo the draft in, you know, 15 years or however they do it, 10 years, you know, and they just talk about he would have went here and he would he had been a lot higher than where he was um, because I know who he is as a kid and how hard he worked. And he's got he's got two or three things I told you about that only yeah. God can give you. It don't matter how hard you work. So he already had that foundation built in and, you know, and the way the game is going with his speed and athleticism and the multiple positions and being able to do all that stuff creatively, he's just going to be a stud in this league. And it's going to be fun to watch him grow. So will you continue to this come this summer, Mike, to, will, like when the season ends, will he, will he come back and work with you or how, how will that work? I'm hoping the answer is yes. Yeah. The answer, the answer is yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, he's going to have to spend a lot of time in Orlando because I think that's the biggest thing I really do. I'm, I'm big on that. And when they ask me that question, your home is Orlando now, that's where he mm-hmm. needs to stay. Good. Um, because it's just like with the trade, it's hard. It's hard for the coaching staff. It's hard for all the players. When you insert young talent at trade deadline, you don't know what you have and you don't know how to use it yet. And so, and, the, and vice versa, the, the kid doesn't know who he is yet or how he wants to be used in the system. So he needs to be there and get work with that staff because the reason the NBA is where it's at is because they're the best development guys in the business. And so they need to continue to develop them. But as, but to answer your question, G, like, yes, I'll be there doing a lot of that stuff because the shooting thing is what I do. And, and, and a lot of that just has to do with repetition and foundation and confidence. And, and those are the things I can really, really help them with. You know, it's interesting, Mike, and you said it to, to me when we texted, but let Magic fans know the foundations are there. He's got mm-hmm. a nice shot, doesn't it? Do you yep. like where he's at, and, and what are the, some of the things that, that you'll be working with him on? Well, the, the biggest thing there is just is just is now repping it and then building that confidence because as a young kid, the hardest thing, I was there. You know what I mean? When you miss a couple shots, it, oh, something's wrong. No, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. We just got to continue to build on what we have. And so when we got him down, we just when I, when I started working with him, all I did was simplify things. 
I moved, I moved it around. I, I, he had a lot of movement in his shot at the time. Now it's really, really tight. And now you can repeat it. Now if I can do that 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 times, and I can repeat the same thing over and over again, I'm going to be a great shooter. That's just the way it works. If you put the time in, you have the foundation. Those are the, those are the only things I always look at. Where's your foundation at, and are you willing to work? If you're doing it, I, I can't ever go out there and say, hey, man, I'm going to have a 40-inch vertical. I can't say I'm going to be out there and be the fastest dude on the floor. He has those. But what I can say is that I'm going to be a great shooter because that's just time and work. That's effort and just knowing and knowing how to work. And so, you know, I didn't want to do anything but simplify it. And once you simplify the jump shot, you can do, you can do it over and over and over again. And that's why I know he's going to be a 40% three-point shooter when I'm done. It's going to be awesome. That's awesome. That's great to hear. You're so that right. That makes me with, feel good. With putting putting in the work and having the commitment mm -hmm. and all that. You can you give me that and we can build on that. That's right. I'm sure, right. I'm sure you would I'm sure you would still a lot of that. When you come to Orlando, can we take you out golfing? I, I can we do that? <laughs> you know what? Uh, as I would, first of all, I'd love that. Um, I've I've resorted to an absolute simulator golfer because my kids <laughs> my kids oh. take up all my time now. <laughs> I, I, I literally I literally I, I literally play sim I just play simulation golf like I go out and play on on the simulator. I open up a restaurant here in Memphis called Let It Fly uh, Let It Fly Sports Bar and we put nice. simulators in it. And so now I just I you know when I have some time instead of going you know four hours I go and play around at Pebble Beach in an hour and fifteen minutes and I call That's it a day. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, but to answer your question, I would love to get out there. I haven't played I haven't played real golf in almost a year. Is well, that if right? If you like I'll, if you like smacking it around about hundred and ten times, then you're, <laughs> the right, you're in the right pairing. You're in the right pairing. No problem. You're in the right group. Dante, hey, this okay. is the guy. Listen, this is the guy on draft night. And Mike might not remember this, but I tell this story all the time. Mike, you know, the skinny kid. This is when this is back when we had to have a representative at the draft on the phone. Yep. Like, I'm, we're, we're, you know, people I had to write the card and send it in, all that stuff. And then I meet Mike and Mike's got these two enormous <laughs> earrings, right? just enormous. <laughs> I'm like, right. I'm like, wow, Mike, like you're already like. In my head, he's like, wow, this kid's already spending his cash or whatever, right? <laughs> Do you remember what you said to me? Those are cubic zirconia. Yeah. <laughs> I got these. They're like, they're like eight bucks at Claire's. These are like eight bucks at Claire's. Hey, I was, I, I was, I was taught a long time ago, fake it till you make it. That that's exactly awesome. right. Yeah, that's exactly Oh, that's they fantastic. They were big, Gee, they were big though, weren't they? They were enormous. They were like out to here. I'm like, damn, Mike's got some big diamond earrings on. He looks at me and he goes, eight dollars at Claire's. You no, no problem. Eight dollars. Oh, Claire's. that's fantastic. I'll get, you, I'll get you a pair, G. You can wear them. <laughs> yeah. Until you get. Hey, so who? So who did you have less expectations of when you first met them? Nikola Jokic when he walked into his first practice, or George when he first met? <laughs> <laughs> both both similar in their professions. I was, I was like, I, I looked at both of them and said, how'd you get here? <laughs> well, hey, hey, but hey, G, but G, think it, fast forward, now you're both legends, you know what I mean? Like you both, you, know, you, 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 you've proven, you've proven how you got there. I'm a That's proven exactly commodity. Right. That's right. he's, not, he's not afraid to put in the work. That's right. That's right. Now we got to get you that. Is it too late for him to get those earrings? I don't no, I'm gonna so. send him a no. pair. I'm gonna send him a pair. <laughs> hey, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Shipping's gonna cost more than the earrings. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, well this is great. Well, Mike, we appreciate it. Please, when you come to Orlando, even if it's just, we'll find you a simulator. Let's catch up. Oh, thank you. Orlando thank you. And we'll make it happen. Keep up the great work. Nothing but the best of success and. You'll be, you're going to have less time. you got to go to Creighton now. You're going to go right. to Orlando, right? That's right. You're going to be all That's over right. the place. No I time. love it. I no love time. it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all. Keep, keep doing it down, down there in Orlando.
Hey, listen, right. if you can make if you can make it through me for two and a half years, you guys are just decent. <laughs> Please. You were remember, he came, remember, he came in, remember he came in with the scratches on and said, yeah, I had to get rid of the monkey. I had to get- <laughs> I'll talk to y'all later, man. Appreciate y'all. All right, Appreciate Mike. Guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. And this podcast was brought to you by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. And, George, we've not done this before, but I just think there's a lot to unpack there with Mike Miller. I thought that was astounding. I, we gotta we got to talk to him more often, first of all. Yeah. Um, just a, just a, he's got a lot going on. He's successful. He just laid it all out. He's successful. Everything uh, that he's done everywhere he's been, but the stories are great. We can go down memory lane, but I think magic fans are going to be excited hearing that about RJ Hampton first and foremost. And uh, you know, just obviously the, the stellar career that he's had, but I, I think a guy like that with his pedigree and his success and his work ethic now has the ear of RJ Hampton. I, I, I think that's a lot of, I think magic fans will find that very interesting. Yeah, I, I can't think of a better pro. You know, if you had to line somebody up with a young player, you know, who to model your game after, who to learn after, yeah. there's nobody to, re- when you look at it, look at Mike's career, 17 yeah. years in the NBA, which is a long, long, mm-hmm. long time, uh, successful, one rookie of the year, six man of the year, two time right. champion, knows the right way to do things. Um, there. RJ's future is in very good hands. If he's going to stay connected with Mike Miller, there's, there's no doubt about it. No question. No question about it. He'll be here. And and again, he'll have a great time with this staff as well. And he'll do everything. Like Mike said, you're there. You work with that staff. The NBA is the best in the world at developing people, you know, so he'll work with the staff on hand too here. Listen, just, just that alone, just that alone for, for, for Mike to encourage RJ to. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Um, you don't get that with, with other people. They want them to come to them. They, they will go do this in your hometown. Like Mike, is, Mike knows what it takes to be successful. And, and that's just, a, it sounds like a very small thing, but that's a huge thing. Having a stay in town to work with our players as opposed to, to scattering. So I think, uh, you know, that that's nothing but good news for, for magic fans, for the magic organization and, and, and for RJ. Do you like the guy that showed up with those cubic zirconia earrings, a spider monkey? His nickname was Spanky, right? here. Yep. Do you like that that's the guy molding these impressionable young minds? I, I think it's awesome. He has, you know what? He has really, I mean, really, he has learned so much. And he, he's such a, he's such, he really is. He's very resourceful and, and he's, he's so wise with everything he's learned. And, and he's just, he's grounded, you know, like, and that yes. this, the earring right. story alone tells you like, listen, like yes. he's right. a grounded guy. Like I'm not going to yeah. go spend $5,000 on a pair of earrings like, right. Right. when they look exactly like the ones that you have on your yep. earring, probably did cost $5,000. Yep. Fake it till I make it. And he just, he just, he knows what it takes. Like the guy knows what it takes. He's, he's built a, a, a fabulous career. He's built a good life. He's got, you know, his kid, I mean, look at his sons now are, are, are high school stars. He's got a daughter too that, you know, just yes, right. awesome, you know, just an awesome family, awesome guy. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that guy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> being, being the role model, you know, for these guys that are just coming in now, I'm 100% behind it. I, I love it. He, he's, I mean, he's fantastic and he's so successful and he's great to talk to and grounded. As you said, last thing, um, when you think about his years here, right, 2000 yeah. to 2003, two and a half seasons before he was traded uh, for Drew Gooden, but he's right, man. When you think about if you had a healthy grant, I never really laid it out that way. You know, you yeah. have Daryl and then you're six, eight across the board until yeah. whatever center you want to put out there. And, and he's yeah. right. He probably wasn't ready for that in year one, two, or even three, but he would have been 
had, had Grant been able to stay healthy, again, uh, just another example of, of what could have been. And through no fault of anybody's, just, just what could have been. No, listen, like that team, that team was built to win it. And it just happened that Grant got hurt. And there's really, you ask 30 other teams around the league, would you have signed Grant Hill for that? Absolutely. Answer years and money. And the answer is yes. It's hundred percent. There's not a GM on the planet that would not have signed Grant Hill and brought him to Orlando. I mean, they're brought them to your team. You just, 100% is the answer. So listen, things, things, you know, you don't win them on paper, right? You just got to go games and things happen. And, yeah, that that's a time where you look back and you're just like, damn, like, and no teams were doing that then. There were no teams right. that had three, six, eight, six, nine guys that could play the way that those three could. Um, even Mike at a young age, you know, as a rookie, like he was still one of the best shooters, you know, in the NBA. He yes. just um, yeah, that would have been a that would have been a really, really difficult team to deal with if all the, you know, Gabe had it right. There's the bottom. That's the thing. That's right. the thing. He had it right. No question. All right, George, this was fun. We'll, uh, we'll do it again here soon. Sounds good, buddy. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>